Welcome to the Successful Life Podcast, your go-to source for insights and strategies in the HVAC, plumbing, and roofing industries. I'm Corey Barrier, here to guide you through transformative approaches to business and mindset. Each episode will explore unique methods, focusing on identifying and addressing the core challenges in your field. Our goal is to equip you and your team with practical solutions that foster growth and success. So whether you're tuning in for the first time or you're a longtime listener, get ready to dive into a wealth of knowledge and expertise. Let's begin our journey to success together. This is the successful life. It's Corey Barrier. Yeah, come learn with me. Take you down the path of our journeys. This is the successful life. It's time to take what you learn. Apply it to your life. It's your turn. To live a successful life. You are tuning in to the Successful Life Podcast. Three, two. Thank you for listening to the Successful Life Podcast. We have no dues or fees, so please refer this podcast to a friend. Make sure you rate, review, and hit the subscribe button. Thanks for listening. Welcome to the Successful Life Podcast. My name is Corey Barrier, your host, and I'm here with Ryan Stuman. A lot of you guys know Ryan through, uh, he's a CEO of Phone Sites, um, Hardcore Closer School, I mean, Hardcore Closer, and amongst a whole bunch of different things. But so Ryan and I were just talking, I asked him how he, uh, r- welcome Ryan, by the way, sorry. Hey man, I'm glad to be here. Dude, I really appreciate you taking the time also. Um, so I asked him, I said, dude, like, how do you? How do you stay organized with all the shit that you have going on and, and go ahead and, and, and answer that question the way you started out, Ryan, because it's interesting. It's going to hit on some points that are actually affect me personally. Go ahead. Well, you know, like as a, um, a kid in school, I was very, they, they used the word hyperactive, but I'm not like a hyperactive cat. I just think a lot. Like my wife, God bless her. You know, uh, we have talks a lot. And she'll be like, did you even hear a fucking thing that I said? And it's not that I'm looking at the phone or anything else. It's like, it's, it's noisy up here, you know? And uh, so my whole life, people told me, you know, Hey, you can't focus. Hey, you're ADD. You need medicine. You're all over the place. And so uh, I got in some trouble in my life and ended up going to prison for some drugs. And uh, it's ironically the same drugs that they give you to focus. But anyway, um, you know, I got, I got arrested ended up going to prison and instead of being a victim or whatever, while I was in there, I just decided that, Hey, I would take this time to learn how to focus. You sure. know, I, I figured I would be in all over the place and, and not being a very good criminal. So I landed me in prison obviously. And, uh, and I needed to figure out what to focus on and, and, and how I could become a focused person. And, and now I'm so, uh, I'm such a, like a focused person. And, and you, some people would say like, Oh, he's OCD or, you know, he's, he's this or that some fucking label, man. The, the truth is I'm just focused. Right. And, and I had some people that were in my office a few minutes ago and they walked in as I was finishing, I'm a, I run my life by a schedule. And so they walked in as I was finishing shooting videos. And when they sat down to talk to me for the first couple minutes and it wasn't quite their time yet anyway, I was still texting the videos that I shot to the people to edit my videos there and they're like, damn, man, you just, you just go sit here and text for a couple minutes and not say hello. And I said, well, look, I'm the type of person that, uh, 
I, I got to finish what I was already doing before I can move on to the next thing. Right. Because if not, then I'll never finish what I started doing. I'll forget about it, totally. you know? And, but that's just like my, my personality. So I've made it that way. Right. And, and I think that's really the inside joke of why they call me the hardcore closer, man, is because I got to close anything before, before I can move on to the next thing. And, and I'm like very hardcore about it. Like you, you, I showed up right here on time. You know what sure. I mean? Like I, I live and die by a, a schedule, man. Like live and die by that shit. That's the one thing that I am hardcore about. So, so that's it. You know, um, you know, I, I can actually identify with uh, most of everything that you said. Uh, the only thing that I could not can't identify with is uh, is the prison part. But I came very close uh, to identifying with that. In two thousand five, I got caught with uh, a bunch of cocaine and got charged with trafficking and all kinds of shit. And I've had several DUIs and, uh, you know, whatever. Um, so I guess the question is, so I don't know the whole prison story. You said you got caught with ADHD medication. So I assume it's Adderall or, or Ritalin or something. No, uh, <clears throat> no, I got caught with cocaine. Okay. I, uh, I was just saying they pretty much give you like stimulants. It's all the same. Yeah. It's all the fucking same math, Coke, fucking uh, Adderall, Ritalin. It's all the fucking same. Man. Yeah, it is. You're right. Absolutely. So t- I want to know, the, do you mind telling me that story? Cause I don't know. I don't know anything about it. I know that I know of you go into prison, but I don't, I don't know what puts you there. You just said that. And then how you came out of that, because I will tell you, you know, for me, Ryan, when I came out of the six, I had to go into a six month program in order to dodge prison and going into that, it was very secluded. It was in the middle of nowhere and it was a bunch of, it was, a, uh, you know, for lack of a better word, beyond Jesus freak type people. And I don't mean that in a negative connotation. So anybody listening, I don't mean that in a negative way because I am, you know, I believe in God wholeheartedly. Very cultish. I get you. Yeah. Very Very much so. And so it was really fucking hard for me coming out as a felon uh, and, you know, not having, not knowing anything about growth or personal development or anything I struggled um, coming out of there. So, how do you, how did you transition from where you were when you went in? I don't know what you were doing before you went in. What were you doing before you went in? Were you just selling dope? Well, so, uh, yeah, I was just selling. I mean, I had a job, you know, working at a. Uh, I think at the time I was an electrician's helper. Okay. And uh, <clears throat> and and it was it, I was mainly selling drugs. And, uh, you know, probably work for $8 an hour as electrician's helper. And then, you know, and really here's like, I wasn't selling that much drugs. Like maybe I had on a, on a good Friday, I might've had an ounce of cocaine, you know what I mean? Which is like 400 bucks back then. It's not, it's not a Not a ton. Despite what the fuck you see on TV, for those of you that have never done it, like shit, it's, you know. You watch the Wolf of Wall Street snort that off one of those strippers' asses in the sick <laughs> night. It's not that much. And so uh, on Friday night, I, I've been, you know, selling it and making ends meet. And maybe I buy an ounce for 400 and I make six or 700 from it, you know, uh, selling eight balls and 16ths or whatever. But I didn't do coke. What I did was smoked a lot of weed. And, uh, and I, but I, I struggled to sell weed cause I smoked so fucking much of it. It, you know, it was almost like a smoky from Friday situation. So I didn't right. want to get in that. So I sold Coke and I didn't do Coke in that, uh, one night's chick taught me into doing it. And, uh, you know, how ladies be doing sometimes, you Dude, know, I hour the pussy God. something else, man. Unreal. And, um, uh, and so I, I, I snort this line of Coke and 
I don't know if I've never done it again since then, but whatever the fuck it was, it caused me to have like a seizure and some shit, right? Like, like a literal you know, seizure. Yeah. And it wasn't bad Coke. I mean, people love the drugs that I got. All right. <laughs> right. The, she wasn't having any problems with it. You know, it, it, I just, I guess I'm allergic to cocaine or something, right? Like it's just, I don't know. And uh, she freaked out and called 911 and uh, the fire department is literally like across the street from this apartment, like a stone's throw. At the, at the most, and like I mean, literally, they didn't even have to load an ambulance; something just jumped the fence, you know. And uh, the fire department shows up, revives me, and uh, forgive me, I got some uh, allergies. The uh, fire department shows up, the EMTs or whatever, they revive me and they arrest me because there was drugs there, right? And I, I think they gave me. It's crazy because in the the charge was manufacturing delivery of a controlled substance over seven grams. I think I had a half ounce. I think it was like 10 grams or something like that. And if it's over, I think five grams or some shit like that, it's a felony one, which means the same as fucking murder. And so for like $200 worth of fucking drugs, I'm facing a murder charge, you know? And and it's, it's literally five to 99. And so, you know, I go to jail for a couple of months, the County jail and finally bail out. It'd be two years before they finally convict me. And my lawyer got me a plea deal. I didn't have any damn money because, you know, fuck, I'm spending it all on lawyers and bail bondsmen. And and really, man, I didn't really sell that many drugs, just like enough to make ends meet and shit like that until the motherfuckers arrested me. Then I got to go full on breaking bad, be able to fucking pay for all the shit that's coming my way from the court system, man. It's the fucking craziest shit ever. Like literally they bust me and I'm selling like a few eight balls on a Friday night for two, three, four, eight balls on a Friday night just to pay my fucking rent and shit like that on top of an honest job. They arrest me. Now I'm a felon. Now I'm fucking out on bond and I got to pay these fucking bond fees and I got to pay lawyer fees. I got to pay court cost fees and I got all this other shit that's going on. So then I went to selling like 50, 60 fucking pounds of weed a week and fucking big eight, which is like fucking eight ounces of Coke and crank and fucking I'm doing deals with the fucking Puerto Rican mafia and shit like that. Cause I'm fucking all of a sudden this shit's expensive. Yeah. Right. And so my lawyer comes to me and he says, uh, we can get you two years in prison or 20 years probation. I'm not even 20 years fucking old yet. And uh, I'm like, two years in prison, shit. And he's like, yeah, and I don't have a family or anything like that. So it's like, it is what it is, you know? And, and he says, uh, yeah, but you probably won't leave the county jail. You probably just be here for like four months. It's your first offense and you'll get out on first parole and you just go home from there. And he's like, four months instead of 20 years, man, it's going to be on your record either way. You're not going to make it 20 years. So just sign for it. And I did. And shit, two weeks later, them motherfuckers shipped me off to one of the toughest prisons in the whole fucking state because I was 19 and fucking had a drug charge. And so they sent me to this place called Beto One where fucking everybody who's 19 to 25 with a drug charge and a gangbanger and not white, that's a very important (laughs) part of that story, is there. There's 6,000 people in this motherfucker and 400 of us are white. God dang. Dude, it's, it's a fucking miracle of God that I'm not like, that I'm not, I didn't join no gangs. Like I just fucking, I'm lucky that I'm just a good old dude that can handle whatever I needed to handle, but I don't have no Nazi signs on me or none of that shit. Cause there ain't too many white boys walking out of that place that weren't covered in that shit. You know, that's what you fucking needed to survive in there. I mean, and honestly, uh, the only thing that really saved my ass is I didn't snitch. 
yeah. right? So a lot of those white guys, they and, and black guys and Mexicans, fucking everybody snitching. So you go in there and they get you in this gang and you own favors because you snitched on the fucking gang and shit. I'm not a snitch, right? I, I, right? You can look my paperwork up. I never fucking snitched on anybody. Matter of fact, I go in there, I do my time. I'm not tied to a snitch. So for the most part, they left me alone, have fight a few times. It's just part of being in prison, but it's not like I had to do some crazy shit to avoid being butt fucked or nothing like that. Right. right. And I get out and I get a job at a car wash and I go to work for this car. I'm like, I just, I just, at this point, I'm like, I'm never selling drugs again. That place is fucking horrible. They moved me to seven other prisons in those two years that I was in there. So that meant that scene where you walk down and you're like, I'm going to fight your ass every Prison, yeah, I had to do that shit seven goddamn times, man. That's how that's how I became hardcore for real. But like, why? But so, why did they ship you to seven different fucking prisons? Just out of curiosity. I mean, wh- this episode of the Successful Life Podcast is brought to you by House Call Pro. Whether you're looking to streamline your operations, reduce paperwork, or boost revenue, House Call Pro is your all-in-one business solution. Transform your business today with essential tools and support designed to drive efficiency and deliver exceptional customer service. To learn more, click the link in the show notes. So maybe, you know what, let's just say God did it so I could tell this story. There we go. Okay. All right. Let's roll with it. Nothing else makes any goddamn sense. You know what I mean? Nothing else makes any sense. Yeah. Let's just say that it was done to me. So I got a fucking miraculous story to tell, you know? Love it. Okay. And uh, so I get out, I go to work for this car wash, man. And my goal is simple. I'm going to be the best fucking car wash guy in the history of the world. I'm going to be able to sell it, build it, scale it, everything. So I just learned everything about the car wash, dude. I can do anything there. That motherfucking tornado could hit that place and I can rebuild it 24 hours. Like I just was that guy. I, I, and one of the customers took note. And she's like, dude, every time I come here, you're like on point and Chick-fil-A and stuff wasn't really the way it is these days. So this right. would have been operating like that. And, uh, and I told her, I said, man, this, this car wash is my only shot at wealth. You know, if I'm going to be anything in life, man, hopefully I can work hard enough to where I can buy this car wash one day. She said, uh, well, if you'll have that same attitude in my office, you'll be rich, rich, more rich than you'd be with a car wash. And, uh, I said, what do you do? She said, finance. I don't know nothing about that, man. I didn't even graduate high school. She said, I'll teach you. She said, worst case scenario, they'll give you your job back at this car wash. Come on. Shit, Dang. man. I did it. I mean, like, so she closed me. I go to work on Monday, dressed like a car wash guy at the bank. I'll never forget that moment. You know, I had to pay one of the gay dudes to take me shopping so that I could learn how to dress like a fucking banker. Right. That's like, <clears throat> it's hilarious. Like he's still my friend, Claude. Like he listens to all of our podcasts and everything. And it's like, it's like literally Monica who's passed away. Now she paid Claude to take me out shopping. Cause I'd never been, I've been working the car wash and selling dope. So I look like either a fucking redneck or a gangster. That's all I knew. You know what I mean? But she saw and, something uh, in you. She did. She saw the hard worker in me within about three weeks, man, I made 8,600 bucks, like my cash. Right. Wow. Within about 45 days, I made almost $30,000, man. I was like, Oh shit. You know, like, you know, oh shit, man, like there's, there's something here. And that was in 2003. I ended the year with $99,000, uh, which really sucks because I wanted it to be my first six figure year, right? Sure. 2004, I did like a quarter million. 2005, I did 800000 was $773,000 in, in, in commissions, right? Start my own branch, blew up, man, bought this fucking big ass house, had a bunch of cars and shit like that. I live in this small ass town that, that I used to live in. The cops thought I was selling dope again, man. They kicked my door in. 
and uh, I wasn't even fucking home. I was on vacation with my grandparents in Mexico. I bought everybody a trip fucking Mexico and shit. They, they raided my house. I showed up a few days later and, uh, you know, there was a arrest warrant for me. So I had to go turn myself in and shit. And it was weird, man. Cause they, they brought me down to the station and they had me, uh, on charges of cyber theft. And I'm like, man, I've never stolen nothing in my life. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not the kind of person, but I own 32 rent houses. And one of my tenants was getting credit cards in people's names. Now, and my name was on the title of the house and somehow they turned the internet on in my name at that house. I used to live, this was like one of the houses that I lived in that I just kept and rented out, right? I had like said 32. So I'd lived in a few over the years, three of them I'd lived in. And uh, anyway, they turned the internet back on in my name and we're stealing some shit. But I showed the cops. I was like, no, this guy's name's Richard Smith. He rents my house, 504 Audubon. Here's his, his information. It's in my records at home or whatever. And uh, they said, yeah, but that's fine. But when we raided your house, which they didn't find any drugs, right? Of course not. They, they, they kicked them. I don't even have sandwich baggies. I'm not falling for that shit again. You know what right. I mean? Right. And uh, I'm not having sandwich baggies because I ain't eating leftovers and I ain't having nothing that looks like it might be drug paraphernalia, you know? <laughs> yeah. And um, and so, but they did find a gun. And, uh, but it, it was, it wasn't, it wasn't not my gun. It was my stepdad's gun. And uh, long story short, they fucking tied it to me and tried to give me 20 years for felon in possession of a firearm. And uh, my stepdad, he's a fucking felon from like the seventies for theft or some shit. So he wouldn't fucking say that it was his man. And so I just had to fucking eat the charges. And this is the crazy part. They go to give me 20 years in federal prison for this shit, man. They thought I was selling dope. I wasn't selling dope. And instead of being like, oh, bad. Oh, my bad. Clearly, you're not selling dope. They're like, fucking get them for something. And then take away 20 years from a motherfucker's life. See? I got my lawyer, who was a black dude. It's very important. My lawyer was a black guy. And I got, I helped. I didn't, I wasn't all me. But I took part in helping him get elected as the first black Democrat judicial seat in the entire Dallas County court system. It had never been done. There'd never been a black DA. There'd never been a Democrat DA in the history of the city of fucking Dallas. This was prior to the charge? No, once they charged me. Ah, so this was a smart move. Yes. Super smart uh, move. So my lawyer, once he became district attorney and set fucking history, right, uh, which he's such a good guy, they kicked him out of office, right? He, He went in there and he started letting people go. He started exonerations and letting fucking people go and they fucking climb race bait and motherfucking all sorts of shit on him. Poor guy. He was a great dude, man. And uh, he's still around, but I'm saying they, they fucked him up, man. We got him elected and they didn't like the fact that we put a black guy. I don't think it was a black or white thing. I think they didn't like the fact that they put a Democrat in there that was letting people go. And look, I don't, I, I'm not voting for Democrats. I'm just saying I just helped Craig get a job and shit like that, right? This isn't a political statement, but they definitely kicked his ass out of office, and he's a good motherfucker that was doing the right thing. Right? Damn. And so, uh, but he got me lowered from 20 years to 15 months without snitching or any of that shit. So, because I ain't got nobody to snitch on. I'm not fucking right. drugs, right? Right. So I got to go back to prison, though. It's 15 months inside. It's not pr- probation. It's like 15 months inside. So, uh, I'll never forget, man. Uh, you want to hear some crazy shit, man. On June 12th, 2007, it's, it's three days before I've got to go to prison. I got to turn myself in like the court. April 15th said, come June 15th, your ass has got to be at this address ready to surrender. 
So I got two months to get married so I can turn my shit over to my girlfriend because I don't trust my parents. And, uh, and I got nobody else. Right. And so like three days before I turned myself in my, my wife, quote unquote, we're married, right? My wife, I didn't know this at the time, but she starts a fight with me and punches me like two or three times, gives me a black eye and shit. And, uh, then calls the cops and says that I hit her. And, and then this, this shit on me was like in defense or whatever. And they arrest me. They fucking, I got to go to prison in two days and they fucking arrest me. Right. She don't even have a scratch on her, man. I don't know what the fuck. Right. The cops probably just read my record. And we're like, fuck this guy. And then exactly. I'm, in same, I'm in that same little bullshit town too. You think I'd get the fuck out of there. I don't live there now, obviously, you know, now that I sat in prison and thought about, I was like, why the fuck didn't I leave? But anyway, so I, uh, I go to jail for this like domestic disturbance shit. And while I'm in there, this bitch had set me up the whole time, man. She froze all my assets and everything else. And so I got to go to prison. I'm in prison for about 30 days and I get out, right? 24 hours. She, she has me arrested 24 hours. I get out. She's already got restraining orders and froze all my assets. Like bitch, you couldn't have just waited three days for me to go to jail. God damn. But she was scared. I was going to turn my assets over to my grandma. And uh, so she froze all my shit. Her and her dad were working together, right? A month after I got into prison, check this out, man. I go into prison, the millionaire, right? And then three days before I'm like arrested. And now all of a sudden all my shit's frozen. I got a big fucking problem on the outside and I ain't nothing I can do about it. Then I go in 30 days later, this bitch been fucking the landscape guy, the dude that owns a landscape company. She'd been fucking him for a couple months and they've been plotting to fucking steal from me the whole time. So I walk in federal prison a millionaire, man, from car wash, fucking homie, the fucking dude owning 30 properties to getting a letter saying, hey, me and whatever his fucking name is, Justin, are selling all your properties and spending all your money and fucking each other in the ass or whatever the fuck, right? And there ain't shit you can do about it. And there wasn't, you know, do my time. And uh, and so, man, to take my my mind off that shit, man, you can only imagine, right? To To take my mind off that shit, man, I start working on like, hey, all right, look, first of all, I done got it once, okay? And I believe that if you can get it once, you can get it again. And second of all, I got nothing when I get out. No family, no wife, no money, no nothing, okay? So I got to start all over from scratch. So I need to get educated. So I spent the next 13 of those 15 months, man, reading like a book or two a day, right? Like, dude, I was everybody that I knew I would write from the business world. I was writing them letters, man. Hey, look, I, I need, you know, this book and that book, dude. And I had a fucking whole library, man. And I read probably a thousand books in 13 months, man. I was just getting it. You know what I mean? And uh, everything, biographies, business books, like stock analyst books, like anything I could get my hands on, man. Not, not any fiction shit. Like sure. I was learning, dude. I went to, I got like three PhDs in 13 months. I promise you that. Right. And cause that's all I did was I went to work three hours a day. I went to the gym two hours a day and I read the rest of the day. That was it. That was my whole federal prison routine. And because of that, man, I learned a lot, obviously. So I got out. $25 to my name. I'm homeless. I got to go live at this fucking homeless shelter, right? Like a halfway house thing. Yeah. Right. And, uh, you know, I remember my stepdad said, Hey man, we're going to let you crash in the extra bedroom. Uh, but not for long. And, uh, if, if you ever get in trouble again, you're on your own, you know, <clears throat> it was his fucking gun. I, that was, that was, that, okay. that was exactly what I was wondering. Okay. I just want, I just wanted to say that, but right. it was his goddamn fault, right? I bought that house from him 
because uh, they bought another home. Me being a nice kid that could afford it, I bought the home from him. He left the damn gun behind. Fucking, I wasn't even home. We were just moving in. So bad luck. You know what I mean? So, so back to this, this story here. I, I go to p- apply for this job. It's right down the street here at this place called Credit Solutions, I think was the name of it. Okay. And it's like a Thursday. It's like a Tuesday. I go in. It's like group interview. They call me back on Thursday. It's another like one-on-one interview. And I got the job. I filled out paperwork and all this shit. I got the job. They call me on Friday. You got the job. You start Monday. Come like Friday evening, the HR person called me back. Mm. You checked that you didn't have any felonies, but turns out you have multiple felonies on your record and, and uh you are not hired you can't come in on monday like fuck man like everything i knew was like shit fuck dude i like that was that that was my bit bragging for like fucking you know the whole week that i got this job and i'm gonna kill it and this was like a dream job because I, I while i was in prison i watched the mortgage world collapse you know i was in mortgages i watched the mortgage world collapse so i'm thinking damn i don't want to go back there but now i got no choice All right so I, I go back to the mortgage world and I get a job right up the street here at this place called TexasLending.com. They still exist. They're, they're badass banking. They were, uh, while ever, all these other banks were failing, they, they were doing pretty good. And so our motto, when it wasn't until I started working there, was like, hey, if these other banks are failing, let's just fucking run the score up on them. Like, if you're going out of business, you're a competitor, awesome. What are you going to do with your people? Give them to me. Right. Give them anymore. And uh, in 2009, which was the worst, I got out in July 2008. And I got this job in like September of 2008 by July. I'm sorry, by uh, January of 2010. So in 2009 alone, I did 163 loans, made like $350,000 on the W2. Right. Damn. And so like, boom, straight out of prison, just like back slinging it fucking in the, in the worst time in the history of America to be doing some shit like that. I'm fucking over here thriving. You know I what I mean? It. Getting my life back together. Right. I'll be damned if Obama, which I would have, if I was a felon at the time where I would have voted for him because uh, the guys he ran against wasn't shit. So I, I would have been on team Obama, you know, and, and I, I was a felon at the time on parole, so I couldn't vote, but man, I thought he was going to hook guys like me up, man. And he fucking signed this bill called the Dodd-Frank act and it made it to where felons couldn't fucking do finance shit anymore. Oh. Even though my felony ain't got shit to do with finance shit. So come March, 2010, guess what? Your boy's unemployed again. Talk about a goddamn roller coaster ride of a fucking 30 of my thirties. You know what I'm saying? Like my twenties and thirties, like fuck. So the good news is I had a pretty damn good track record in the mortgage world. Right. And so I I said, you know what? I'm going to start coaching people. They always say those who can't coach, I legit can't. I will never become a fucking loan officer's competitor. Never, never. I can't, you know, I can't now, but at that time when I was coaching them, I couldn't. So I start coaching loan officers. Here's how I closed 150 plus loans in a year without an assistant, without a team, without a branch and without any goddamn help in the worst fucking time ever. Here's the process. Now a lot's changed since then. Now I don't teach that shit anymore because I'm not in the business to, to do that. Now I work with small business owners, but that's how I got started online. Like, you know, I made that transition from, you know, fuck dude, what am I going to do? And I saw social media and I said, I'd been getting loans from Facebook for since 2008, since I got out of prison. And so I start teaching loan officers like, Hey man, you can get deals from Facebook. It's pretty easy. Especially if you're my age, most of your friends are buying their first or second home anyway. And if you catch somebody on their first home, they'll just come to you every time. You know what I mean? Every, every three to five years, they're buying another home for you. 
And, uh, and so I started teaching loan officers. I taught thousands of loan officers and uh, built a pretty nice business around that. And because of that was forced to go back to, you know, metaphorical school and read thousands of books on how to build a business. Cause I had no fucking idea. Cause I was just a sales guy. And, uh, and that's, what's got me today where I advise some of the, you know, I have multiple billion dollar per year businesses that rely on me for consultations and marketing and, and sales advice and, and shit, even mindset skills for their employees and stuff. And all the way down to the guy that's just getting started, you know, that's just about to leave a sales job and start his first business. Damn. That's crazy. So how did you phone sites? How did you get into that? Uh, and, and maybe tell the audience a little bit more about, I don't, I don't, I don't, entirely understand it, but I'll be honest with you. I also have not done my due diligence in looking into it. Yeah. So the way that, uh, so in 2014, I started a company called break free Academy. Okay. <clears throat> I was trying to transition away from, I get bored easily. And I have been saying the same thing to loan officers for five years at that point, you know, Time and I didn't have other coaches and stuff. And I thought, you know what, man, I, I've taught what I want to teach there. I, I, I got a bigger mission than that, right? There's only about 300,000 loan officers. So I'd run through a bunch of them, you know? And, uh, and so I said, you know, uh, I'm gonna start doing seminars and teaching these small business owners and real estate agents and loan officers too, but mainly small business owners, like how to make sales funnels and run ads. So now it's more complicated, but back in the day in, you know, two, two or three days, I could have your ad up and running. Now there's pixels and all this shit that makes it more complicated than that. But so people would come to these live events and instead of me preaching from the stage, we'd just get shit done. And we use click funnels in the beginning, we use lead pages. And then I became friends with Russell Brunson and we started using click funnels, which are both great softwares but for, for building like sales funnels and, and, and stuff of that nature. But as time has gone by, those softwares have gotten more and more complicated. They're for internet marketers. You know, we use click funnels and lead pages still uh, in my companies, but we're an internet marketing company. <clears throat> Most people aren't internet marketers. They just need a way to build a website. They just need a way to write a blog. They just need a way to build a sales funnel, right? They're not trying to, you know, make millions of dollars from this funnel selling their ebook. They just need some roofing leads. They just need some real estate leads. They just need someone to bid on a house. You know right. what I mean? And, right, right. And so I wanted to create a software. I, I would, the, at my events, people would get pissed off. Man, I had one dude snap his laptop in half. I had an old lady one time freak out because she couldn't get, you know, the, the text driving me crazy. So I said, you know what? I'm going to invent something that like the, the little old lady and even your grandma or your grandson can both work on. And they can pull up their phone. They don't need an internet connection. They don't need to download an app. They don't need anything. Like I just want to make this the simplest website creation shit from all done from your phone. Like just like dumb it down. And so for two years, we went to work on it. And uh, now we've been open for 19 months. We have 4,900 users. And uh, we have 4,900 active paying users and uh, we built a hell of a community. We have one of the best service teams in the entire, like the software world is looking at our service system and like wanting to model it. Like how the fuck did you guys do this? We call it ser a service and a software instead of like software as a service, we're service and a software. So we have like human beings really reaching out and helping uh, folks set up their first website and all this. But once you build it once, like our folks never leave us. Cause like you have a good idea, you can put it into action. Like I phone sites makes it to where most people have to go to college for two years to learn how to code websites, phone sites. You can do the shit in 10 minutes, the same shit, shit. in 10 minutes with no training, whether you got tech skills or not. So let's say that you go and you, you're going to wholesale a property 
take a picture of it, put it on a website and say name, email address, mobile phone number, bid and closing date. Boom. And they can submit offers all day. And you just post that to your Facebook page, say, Hey, I've got this new property. Here's where you submit bids. Boom. They put all the information in, comes all right to your CRM, whatever you want to tie it into, or you're backing into an Excel spreadsheet. We got follow-up emails, all that shit. That's all like super easy click of one or two buttons max to make anything happen. So phone sites. Okay. So you're not, okay. I was thinking that it literally, so it, you called it phone sites because you can, you can do whatever you need to do through your site from the phone. Absolutely. Absolutely. That, that was the premise of That's why you called it that. Yeah. Cause you can build a website from your phone. Holy fuck. I see. And I, this whole time I'm thinking like, it's like, cell phones i'm like what the fuck i don't i, I don't know i mean i, I thought i'm thinking like i actually had no no clue but i didn't think it was what you said for sure That's so check this out you can see on the screen right here uh first of all i said we have 4800 users that this users right here is people who've actually built a website so think about that more than half of our people have actually built a website that's fucking unheard of in technology but here's what's even cooler these uh, 2,400 users have built 28,000 websites, man. My average user's building 10.2 fucking websites or 7.2 websites. Wow. Think about that, man. And check this out. I have delivered on average 120 leads to every person that's built at least one website. Wow. So what, what's your primary no business? Softwares, no software's fucking putting stats like that together, man. So like, okay, so people, your, 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 your highest, uh, what is your largest uh, uh, market? Meaning is it, is it people selling homes? Is it people selling what? It's everything. Look, we've got right here. Here's a credit company, uh, a credit repair company. Okay. See, this is what their funnel looks like, right? You can see it on the screen there. They've generated 6,500 leads. Okay. Here yeah. is a. Uh, a home renovation deal, right? Where they're giving away $10,000. They've collected 3,800 leads. Here is seven steps to becoming debt-free that somebody made. It's very, they're all very simple sites. And I'm showing you on a desktop. They look different on mobile, obviously. Sure. Uh, but that's why they're simple because they're mobile websites. Look, this has got 2,200 leads. Look at all these websites that have thousands of fucking leads that are coming through. Right here is cookie dough. What free Big Dipper cookie dough? What the hell? And this guy's got what? 1200 leads. That's crazy. By the way, that's one of our Arte brothers, I believe. Oh, is it? I believe so. Huh? Interesting. Yeah. But man, like, so it's, it's like the legit side. I give the average man a competitive edge against people that have got tech skills, you know? So if I, so I've got a book that I've, I've written and I'm in the process of getting the editing and all that shit done. And I've kind of drug, drug my feet a little bit, probably because I don't, you know, there's part of me that says, you know, why I can't believe you ever, I, I'm surprised they even wrote a book, first of all, because I, I graduated high school and I did some college, but I'm not the brightest cookie in the jar. But, um, you know, I guess I'm dragging my feet for what, I don't exactly know why. But so if I want to, if I wanted to put something, if I wanted to, to sell that book, I could use phone sites to do that. Absolutely. So I, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll show you an example. So let's go over to actual my account. And let's see here. 
I just did this where I gave away, there we go. So look, it took four pages to build this just so that you can see, right? Okay. Four pages. Start with the first one here. So here, here's the page, right? It's like, hey, get all my 10 speaking gigs. So you can do the same thing with a book, right? We go right here, opt-in. Okay, so then it tells you what all the speaking gigs are right here. Here's a little video explaining it. Once I hit purchase, it redirects me to PayPal, right? For 27 bucks. Once I pay over on PayPal, let me do this, go back. So I don't have to actually pay. <laughs> Once I pay on PayPal, it's going to take me to, whoops, it's going to take me to this page right here. Which is where all the videos are. So once I pay at PayPal, it's going to send me right here where it says save the link and there's all the videos. Boom, instantly digitally train. And then there's a little upsell at the bottom where they go into phone sites funnel. Okay. So you can do that same stuff with your book. Say you just have your book up on a, uh, a Word document, right? Right. So you have your book transcribed through the link right here online through Google Docs. And so after they pay for PayPal, PayPal will just direct them right there to the book so they can save it. Hmm. Super easy, man. No shit. Okay. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I'll have to look at, I'll definitely will look into it because I don't really know what the hell I'm going to do with the book now that I've written it. I, I don't, I have no idea. You build a database from it, man. You know, people that, that are at least in your network that care enough to read about you, you know? Yeah. You, you something like this where you're asking, hey, I'll give you the book for free. Just because, uh, look, dude, I've sold like 100,000 books and like you ain't making no money from that shit. Mm -hmm. Unless you get a publisher to give you an advance like a record label does or whatever. Right, like, right. Making no money from selling books, man. You know, 100,000 books. You think, well, dude, you, even if you make a dollar, that's 100,000 shit. You got to run ads to sell books, man. Books don't just sell themselves, man. Right. So if I'm selling 100,000, I, I was selling books for $9. It was costing me $27 to sell them for nine bucks. Damn. Right now, I, I get it because I'm playing the long game because we'll convert them into our programs and shit later. Sure. Right? I'm just saying the average person can't do that shit. Right, right. So, it, so it's easier just to give the shit away. Yeah, that makes sense. Could I use your site to do that though? To yeah, get hell yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. That makes sense. And, then, and then at that point you're, 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 you're giving the book away and you're collecting a database, right? So then you got people that you can email whatever business that you're in. If you got a proposal form, you got an email database of people who've at least bought your book. So they got some sort of enough empathy and sympathy for your character and who you are to want to know a little bit more about you or at least to support you, you know? Right. For sure. Okay, cool. Um, Ryan, what would you, um, I guess if you're going to give, uh, the audience may be a piece of advice, somebody that has been in trouble and you faced quite a bit of far more uh, adversity than I have. I didn't realize the second time you uh, had gone to prison. I didn't know, I didn't know that part. So what would you say to somebody who's just getting out or going through some of this fucked up process that you went through? Uh, what kind of advice would you give them to, to get through this? You know, much, much like prison, Time fixes everything, all right? So you, you fuck around and murder somebody. You do enough time, you get your freedom back. And the same thing works out here in the real world. And here's what a lot of folks that go to prison do. They, they go and they come out. And maybe they were accustomed to the fast life before and making good money, you know, maybe from drugs or whatever. And they get out and they get humbled and reminded that, like, yeah, you're free, but you're poor. 
and they fall victim to going back. I've seen it happen time and time again. They fall victim going back to their old ways, right? Because they need that fast money. Man, you know, the Bible in Proverbs says fast money, money gathered quickly. It says riches, but riches gathered quickly will equally as quickly spread wings and fly away, right? And it's that people that win the lottery. You know what I mean? Like as soon as they win the lottery, bam, you know, they're, there's some ringing in my ears. I'm not sure where that is coming from. There we go. So started the phone started ringing for some reason in my ears. I don't know where it was coming from anyway. But so the advice that I would give you is that you're going to be on, let's say you go take that job at the car wash, man. I, I was just showing my VP. I got check stubs for $7 and 55 cents an hour where I worked 80 hours a week, 80 hours a week. I, I worked so I could get overtime at $15. Right. right? Right. And so I, I, I want you guys to understand that's what I was willing to do to stay free. And because of that, somebody saw me and said, Hey man, this dude's putting in a lot of work and gave me a real job. And man, I've been a millionaire on and off since 2005 because of that. So most of y'all out here and you're thinking, man, I can't live on this $600 a week from this fucking bullshit construction job. Yeah. You're not supposed to, man. You're supposed to treat that job. Like you're going to own that company one day, man. And that $600 is now and it's just like prison, man. Five years from now, that 600 might be 600,000 a year, right? And so the problem is too, too many people, they fall back to their old ways too quick. I gave myself no choice. Hey, man, if this shit don't work out, like, you just got to go get a job at a car wash again. You know, like I gave myself no choice. Uh, when I lost my mortgage license, you might say, yeah, but you just made 300 grand. I told you guys, man, two years prior to that, I lost everything in prison. Fuck that 300 grand was going to pay off debts that bitch stuck me with. Yeah. You know? And so uh, I didn't have a fucking safety net or whatever. Right. When, when, when I found out I wasn't going to be able to do loans anymore, I sold my house and, uh, and I made like 20 grand off of it. And then I moved in with my in-laws and lived in their extra bedroom. Do you know, as a 34 year old fucking man or however old I was at the time to live with my fucking in-laws after I used to be a millionaire. Right. But that's what I had to do. That's what I had to do. And this morning, when I woke up in my mansion, my biggest decision was, should I wear this 30 carat diamond fucking watch that I got on right now? Or should I drive a Rolls Royce or a McLaren? I'm telling you, it's just fucking time. Man, I'm telling you, and this is some, some, like, I've been in this shit since 2005. It's almost 2020. So it just took some time, man, but I'm doing my life sentence. And guess what, man? I'm getting my life back now. And so when you're coming out, man, it's going to be rough. The force of average wants you to go back in there. It wants you to do do stupid shit. Your parole officer, man, when I start showing $300,000 a year fucking check stubs in my parole officer, man, he wasn't exactly happy with me. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes, you I don't. Dude, I've had to fight that shit all along. So, so yeah, you might get a good job. And then all of a sudden you got fucking problems coming from like more money, more problems. Like the great philosopher Puff Daddy once said, you know what I'm saying? But here's the thing. You just stay focused on your goals and doing your shit the right way, man. Eventually, you two can have an exotic car collection and, and the shit that I have, man. I'm living proof, man. Eighth grade education. But like I said, I got three PhDs because I, don't, I, I didn't go and, and watch soap operas all day in prison. I read books, right? Even, even in the beginning, I didn't have any money and shit, right? I told you the bitch fucking left me, but I was smart enough to go with $5,000 on my books. But the feds were nice enough to take 4,500 of it in restitution from me. So like, it's fucking never, never fails. You know what I mean? And, but I read books from the library, like just cause it's an old book with a bullshit cover. Doesn't mean there wasn't some wisdom in it, you know? Yeah, for sure. 
for sure. All right, brother. I won't take up any more of your time, dude. I really appreciate you coming on. I really do. And uh, I look forward to seeing I hope we inspired some people, man. You know, I mean, first of all, it's a cool story. It's like, you know, gather around the campfire. But, you know, hopefully some people hear this shit and they're like, man, if this fucking cursed motherfucker can be successful, I got it. You know? No question about it. I guarantee it will change somebody's life without a doubt. And I believe that. So. Awesome, man. All right, my man. You got it. Thank you, brother. Later. Later, dude. I want to thank you again for tuning in to the Successful Life Podcast. If you have not already subscribed, please do. And look, if you really enjoyed today's episode, email me at SuccessfulLifePodcast at gmail.com and tell me what it was you enjoyed. And if there's somebody that you want me to bring on, then email me about that and tell me who it is. And... I'll make sure it happens. So, you know, leave us a review, tell a friend, and until next time, folks, have a good day. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into the Successful Life Podcast. We hope today's insights have ignited your passion and provided tools to shape your leadership journey. Remember, greatness is a journey, not a destination. Continue your pursuit by exploring more resources and insights over at CoreyBarrier.com. Until next time, keep leading, keep learning, and keep striving for excellence. Stay inspired and see you on the next episode.